Hello and welcome to this episode of the Star Wars Universe Podcast. Today, myself and Ashley Coffin are going to be wrapping up our coverage of Season 3 of The Mandalorian. All that more after a commercial break we have no control over. Welcome back. This is Matthew, your host. I am joined, as just about always, by all things Mandalorian, by Ashley Coffin. Uh, Ashley, how are we doing tonight? I am fantastic. I am fresh off of vacation, doing really good. Nice. Feeling great. Nice. <laughs> well, I'm so glad. Uh, I I have now gotten to rewatch Mandalorian. Uh, I did a little. I did a quick, uh, uh, quick hits, fast reaction. But I knew I wasn't going to really get to dive in until I'd seen it with you and talked about it with you. I have now also watched it in in a better experience. The first time I watched it, as I commented, um, it was. I had a 12-hour road trip driving home from an event, and then I was going to have to record on it almost immediately. So basically, every time I pulled over for gas, I would open up my phone and watch like five or seven minutes oh, at a no. time. So watching it on my big screen was a little bit better. I got to experience a little bit more. <laughs> uh, but let me just kind of say, going going in, let's just kind of start big picture. What did you think overall? How did you feel about how this kind of wrapped up the season? Okay. I mean, I don't know whether I just have a really soft spot for Star Wars but uh-huh. I love this stuff. Like I am, this last episode is why I love the Mandalorian. And I just feel like it's yeah. everything that I love and ha- like look for in star Wars always seems to get represented in the finales. And they're just so good. Yeah. I just, I, I loved it. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. I, I think that's how I kind of felt too. I feel like there, there was a couple of small things that I had a little quibbles with, but overall in terms of, what feel making me feel like not only was this a great episode, but that it really wrapped up all of the season long stuff we had. Mm-hmm. I just felt so satisfied. It felt um, like the first finale that that felt like that. And I know like the other ones were setting up for us to keep going, you know, you know, Grogu right. getting picked up by by Luke and stuff like that. But this felt like it had like a real solid, like not yeah. ending, but like a, a satisfying ending to a season. Yeah. I mean <sighs> And this is a topic that I, I definitely want Paul, who's been our uh, co-host with a lot of stuff in the past, I want the three of us to be hopefully get together and talk about for a future episode. There's a way in which – I know a lot of people have been saying that this episode, this season didn't feel like The Mandalorian of the first two seasons or that, you know, Book of Boba. Like, there's been a lot of thoughts about where we are with stuff. And I, I kind of feel like this episode was – and this season was – the ending of this part of the Mandalorian. You know, if you think yeah. about like what were the major plot lines, it was Din doesn't really have a home. He's not sure what to do. He's now settled down. Mm-hmm. It was what's going to happen with Grogu. Grogu is now officially his son. They're settled. It was what's happening to Mandalore. That's settled. Bo-Katan is there. What's happening with Moff Gideon? That's settled. It feels like going forward, we might have other characters, these same characters doing new things. But I kind of feel like this is the end of this chapter, at least, of the Mandalorian story. And, I, and I'm okay with that, especially because I think we're going to get more of these characters just in different kind of things. Yeah, it felt like a really good way to end it to have him be able to pop into other stories, especially saying yeah. that he needs to take Rogu or uh, the armor saying that, you know, he needs to take Rogu on missions and leave Mandalore and go do a bunch of stuff. So yep. now we can get in maybe back to... What everybody loved about this show in the beginning is like all the quests and stuff. But, um, you know, we had to get here first. And yeah. I just felt like satisfied. I felt like this episode felt very rewarding and satisfying in ways that mm-hmm. I wasn't even like ready for. And it's funny that yeah. they gave him that cabin. I'm like, I don't know if I would call that a cabin. That's more of like a bungalow, <laughs> maybe a rancher that had no it, yeah. wood. <laughs> it, it did look a little bit to me like a trailer. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like I would take it. You know, and right now that house is probably $497,000. Yeah, people pointed out that the chair he was sitting in, you can buy from Ikea for about $111. Um, It's the exact same thing. Um, And one thing I note, well, I'll say I didn't notice this connection, but a couple of people pointed out online. You know how at the end of the episode, it like fades down to just a circle on Grogu and the frog and the frog falls into the water and then it goes to full black? I hadn't remembered this, but they've done that same effect of fading to just sure. a small circle on uh, A New Hope, Phantom Menace, 
and uh, uh, Force Awakens. So that's always what they do oh, yeah. at the end of part one. Oh, that's cool. So that makes me kind of think that like the Ahsoka show and some of the other stuff we're going to get is going to be part two, probably with another season of Mando doing something or Boba Fett. And then the movie that Filoni's making or the movies that that's going to be part three. Yeah. Well, there's no way that this isn't going to pop like our characters. I would hope will pop up in some way in Ahsoka. I, they don't yeah. need to, but they brought up Thrawn in this. So I would assume that that's going to yeah. tie in somehow. Because it is yeah. interesting because the whole time I'm like, what exactly is the Empire's plan here? Like, right. I, I lost it when Moth Gideon showed up in the Mando armor. I, you know, in the Imperials, like, what a good mm -hmm. idea. Like, Dark Troopers made a Vescar. And we finally get some information about those red guys from The Last Jedi. Because, like, if you're like me, right. I just thought there was some, like, you know, I was like, oh, look at Lady Gaga's in here. They look great. But I don't know anything about them. They just look really cool. Yeah. But now we get to see what they were. And I was like, oh, they went all the way back to that to 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 give me like, I didn't know that was information I wanted to see. Yeah. What, one thing I think that this this season especially did so well, but that in general, this this sort of era of Star Wars is doing so well. Paul and I think we have talked to you a bunch of times. We're doing some of the other content about how, like, there's a lot of stuff we know about the prequels only because of shows like The Clone Wars. Right. Because that kind of filled in the gaps. And I think this was doing the same thing. It was like, oh, hey, do you want to know why those people in red, where did they come from? Here's the story. Do oh. you want to know who Hux is? Why so nobody Hux knew has that? this dad? Nobody knew, like, who those red guys were as well, like me? I think it, it it has been written into some of the books okay. since then. Okay, but when they showed up, when they showed up in the movie, no, it was not really known. Like I think they were meant to look like the guards that Palpatine had, and then there'd been some like you know they've been written up in some of like the Star Wars role playing books or video games. Okay, uh, but no, there wasn't any kind of like official canon. Cool. Well, that's cool. We're all learning new things together, <laughs> right? <laughs> And yes, so many of those characters who were in that kind of shadow council last season are from the books in various cool. ways. Cool, that was cool. Yeah, like like Hux, the the Hux who we know and love from the sequel movies. That's his daddy, and his dad is like an overbearing jerk, okay. who's one of the people running the empire. Which kind of explains why his kid is just like spoiled kid who like thinks he has all the entitlement and stuff like That's that. That's so funny. Yeah, that whole room of right? Heathers. I was like, everybody in right? this room hates each other. That's <laughs> yeah, so – oh my god, the tea that was being spilled in that conversation. There are some TikToks I've seen that do great breakdowns of all oh, of it. Oh, cool. It's super fun. Yeah, it was funny. I was just yeah. like, uh, every one of you are going to dub across each other at some point. I don't know why you're pretending yep. like you like each other at all. <laughs> they really are. They really are. Um, so I with what I meant by being rewarded, I think uh, Grogu finally being able to help with his powers was just yeah. everything. Oh, right? we get rewarded here. We've been waiting so long. So this was part of why especially I wanted you to be on for this, because, you know, fight choreography. And I know you really enjoy those kind of things. <sighs> so what do you think of some of the fights? Okay. Let's start with first. Let's start first with just that scene with Grogu and 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 Din, like coming together to fight the Praetorian guards. Okay, so at, when we knew that these red guys were coming, like I was like, I knew they were coming for Din. And I thought that they right. would have Grogu deal with them behind closed doors. I thought the doors were going to like open when he went to go in and they would all just be on the ground. So I'm so glad yeah. that's not what happened. And I love that he was doing just little jumps and pushes. And I was like, yeah, push, force push those Lady Gaga lookalikes. Like he really had the <laughs> cutest force push ever seen, I think, on film. Yeah, he was yeah. so cute. But it was so important that he did it by himself, really. But not completely. Yeah. It just shows like, like Bo, uh, Bo-Katan's... Um, Quote, like, not just Mandalorians, everybody's better when, you know, stronger yeah. when they're together. They really are. And like, in a way, it reminded me a little bit of the second Avengers movie, uh, Age of Ultron, where, you know, one thing that they're yes. sort of working on is like these joint force tactics where like, you know, uh, someone leaps off of the shield with Scarlet Witch's help and all this kind of stuff. And it's all about like – and so that whole scene of like – Every time someone comes really close to Din, Grogu pushes him away and then Din can shoot him. Like, <laughs> A, it was kind of perfect because Grogu was ever never used lethal force. Like, nothing Grogu did caused the death of anyone. Right. 
And at first, he didn't even seem to want to fight back. He was just running around. <laughs> that scene was a little Kermit-like, no, the way he was bouncing no, around. No, but no, I was no, fine. No, no. <laughs> but yeah, and like you remember to season one when like he didn't even seem to know how the force and worked. And he would pass out. Or if he, yeah, he'd pass out. And now he's just like, nope, this, nope, nope. Oosh. Whoosh. Well, and I love that scene in the episode before when he stopped the two Mandalorians from fighting on the boat, you know, with his no, oh, no. Yeah. And, and Bogatan was like, oh, you taught your apprentice well. And he's like, he didn't learn that from me. I was like, look, look, yeah. look, look, look. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up because, yeah, I had that same reaction of, oh, wait a minute. Like, yeah, like this is honoring. He didn't just like, you know screw off to be with a Jedi and then totally ignore all that. Like, no, he learned some important things from that. Uh, I always forget. How old is he supposed to be? So it's very unclear, but by now he's like 53, 54 years old, which my understanding is that he is therefore within like, he's the equivalent of like a toddler. He's like four or five, which does still make me think that like, one of the few things that rubbed me a little wrong this episode was, especially because we don't see him using lethal force. We see him trying to avoid fighting and then only fighting when he has right. to. And he is still like five years old. I, Dean kind of strikes me as one of those little league parents who's like, come on, my kid wants to play baseball. Yeah. My kid wants to play baseball. The kid's like, I just want to chase the flowers, daddy. I don't like, know. He, he made it really clear. Like he didn't want to put him in that battle destroyer thing. And, and- yeah. Rogue was like, I am ready. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And it was the right decision. He's, you know, I That's I was true. not, I wasn't expecting how good it yeah. was supposed to be. There was even, um, well, if we jump to the Grogu, uh, uh, Mando, Bo-Katan and Moth Gideon fight, like Grogu mm-hmm. did the slide just like the Mandalorians yeah. into a force push and into a force keep away. Then Mando sliding in to shield him and then Bo-Katan Black Widow in and shielding everybody coming in to protect them both. And so we get it rewarded. So like, And then he, you know, when Moth Gideon finally gets it and Grogu's using the mm-hmm. force to save them all, like this is Star Wars to me. This is why I'm here. Keep yeah. your drama. Give me the action and the rewarding payoff at the <laughs> end. I want the lightsabers. I want this, this was, uh, and shout out to, uh, a shout out to uh, Ludwig Groanson, Gro the uh, the composer, because the finale's music make everything. He really turns it up to 11 for the finale's. And yeah. ugh, I just can't get enough. I couldn't get enough. Yeah. That last scene was so good. So I want to talk about that last scene, but but first let's back up a bit again with the fighting. And we'll talk about some of the drama, I promise. But um, I have never seen – I have seen people flying and fighting <gasps> before. But whether it was with jetpacks or with wings or anything, I have never seen aerial combat done so it well was, as they – like just the way they use the jetpacks in fighting. It was so good. Like, I, I'm sorry. I love this shit. Like, this is what I'm here. I can't get enough of it. The armor is so badass. Best helmet too, by the way. Right. And like the scene with them just arriving as backup. Like, this is why I'm here. Mando air fight and the dark saber. And then the armor just using her hammer because she doesn't need a gun. Just putting heads to bed. Like, uh, oh, uh, fun fact about Emily Swallow. If you watch Supernatural, uh-huh. uh, specifically season 11, I think she plays Amara. And darkness, uh, God's sister. And, and say that name again. It's the name of the person who's playing the armor. Emily Swallow. Emily Swallow. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it was – I loved that. Um, I, I do need to point out – I'm not saying the, sh- the show was saying this is happening, but it, but the context is there for those who want to see it. The, the, the scenes of Bo and the armor, weapons out, flying and kind of sharing a look as they go Ugh. into combat. The amount of fan fiction about the sapphic relationship between those two that was launched by that oh, look. No. Like, <laughs> I mean, oh, yay or whatever. I still – You know, yeah. I, I was like if, if Din and Bo-Katan do not go bump – bump helmets after what just happened after going through that together and <laughs> protecting each other and their new baby like I'm sorry if people want to I, I personally I need to see them what a power couple you know I, I I'm all for it all the directions, all the directions. You know, I think that it, they left it open enough that if you want to ship bow in the armor if you want to ship bow and uh Dan, although should we call him Jarden now I don't know if the family name because his family names because if, if if he's now Din Grogu, 
that seems to imply that for him, and maybe it's just because of where he was a foundling is different than some of the others. He, like it, it sounds like that his his first name is Jaren and his family name is Din. So I wonder if we should all be calling him Jaren now instead Jaren of Din. Din. But, I'm never going to do that. <laughs> it's too well, hard. I mean, it's it's still Din Jaren, but like should his first name be Jaren? Din? I don't know. I don't know. And we'll call him Din also, still. Also, uh, who who's in control of the adoption practices in Star Wars? Because it seems really easy to adopt children. <laughs> I claim this <laughs> child as my own. <laughs> Look, this is the way. If, <laughs> if 30 years after people were falling off the sides of those hallways on the Death Star because there are no railings, and now people are falling off the sides of the hallways in this base because there are still no railings, because <laughs> there's no OSHA, the the off you know, the uh for, for safety uh office safe and health uh, uh. regulations or something like that. <laughs> exactly. It, you know. If there's no regulations of putting safety railings anywhere, then clearly adoption is just wide, wide open. open. And I love that all the stormtroopers, even in uh, in Vescar, still didn't stand a dang chance against anybody. Yeah. yeah. It was such a great illustration of the, like, you can't give people the weapons and the tools and expect them to be as good as the people who were born into these traditions, you know, who've lived <sighs> in this all their lives. And... Yeah, and I, I just love that. Like laser fights are great, are. but when you give everyone bulletproof armor, you have to stop, have to using, stop the using the guns. And the fact that it, it became these knife fights and these axe and hammer fights. Uh, and we didn't get to I talk about it. it, but that scene of uh, Dinjarin going through all the red levels to beat up. Oh I, God! I was standing up, clapping in my apartment. Like that is what I live. I was mm-hmm. like, beat his ass, Dinjarin! Like I loved it so much. <laughs> It felt like such a nice call out to uh, Phantom yes. Menace because, you know, that same thing happened there. But this time it made sense the way he was doing it. And also just like such a great moment for R5. Uh, you know, the droid who'd been so ca- so scared, not cowardly, but just naturally scared who didn't hadn't given much respect. Hand to. up in the back. And now has, has R5 been there the entire time? Did he leave him? I guess or so. Did they I leave think he him left there? I don't know. It didn't make any sense. Like, I was like, wait a minute, did you leave that droid there? I mean, clearly beforehand he'd been like, I'm not sure if it's poisonous. R5, you, you go. go breathe it and see what he happens. He didn't take his ship. Yeah. I don't know what happened. So yeah, you might <laughs> might be. Might be. But even R2, R5 get to have a moment. Uh the little mouse droid tried to narc on him, but R5 was having none of that, which was I'd always wonder what in the world those mi- mouse droids were for. Mice droids were yeah, for. It didn't so. seem like it mattered. <laughs> yeah. Is, is it mouse droids or is it mice? You're asking I, I me? <laughs> Star Wars grammaticians, right? I didn't right? even I didn't know they were no. called that until you told me right now. <laughs> yeah. What is the plural of mouse droids? Mises. Let us know. Uh, there there you go. I like that one too. No cheeses for no the Mises. No cheeses for the Mises. So as the person who I know you are so in for Bo-Katan and her journey, what did you feel about the ending So she can got? I say that Bo-Katan is my new favorite Star Wars character? Absolutely. Bo-Katan Kree is is now my favorite. Um, You know, her her stand. I I was I don't know why I was worried because Ken, I was like, do you think he's going to kill? Though, I guess I've been reading that Game of Thrones book too much because I'm just afraid that everybody's going to die. And I was like, no, (laughs) things are going too well for her. She has everything she needs. They're about to take Mandalore back. Everything went wrong. Like if they kill her right now, all of this all of these fall back apart and they go back into war. And I'm like, that's exactly what's going to happen. <sighs> and Ken's like, no, man, Moth Gideon's kind of done. Like he's had his, his time. Like this is it. And I was like, yeah. okay. Uh, when they destroyed the dark saber, I lost my mind. Yeah. First of all, why was it so easy? It was really easy to, you think they'd have a little bit more, uh, but I, I think that that happening was the best thing that happened to Bo. Bo-Katan's story because now that yeah. the Darksaber is gone they realize that they didn't need that to follow Bo-Katan and she doesn't need it to lead and it's just a shame that it took yeah. him that long to figure it out I think that's the whole thing and I think that's I, I talked about this some on the, the coverage for last episode which I'm so sorry our schedules couldn't line up again my oh, road trip I was, was having my margaritas fault. made but in my mouth in Arizona there, <laughs> there you go there you go uh, oh yeah that's right we were both kind of out of town but 
to me, you know, when you remember the end of last season, when when Dan is like, you're not a real Mandalorian. I don't really care about you. I think this whole thing with the saber is dumb. And then like last episode, he was like, no, you should have the saber because I rec- – because in- before she thought she needed the saber to be a leader. Mm-hmm. And now it was him saying, you are a leader. Therefore, you should have the saber. And now it's like, well, even without the saber, you're still a leader. Like if you remember early on, she was like, I can't be a leader because I don't have the saber. It was just – it was such a perfect arc, I thought, for both of them. Right? I don't think that other faction would have followed her if she didn't win the saber from um, that guy. And it mm-hmm. was funny with like with Moth Gideon's like, oh, you Mandalorians, you know, you love your little toys or you're nothing without your gadgets. And I'm like, yeah, you guys need to you need to just worry about yourselves like you can do it. And he's not wrong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was definitely a shock to see it just go like that. Um, but then mm-hmm. to see her get stronger was just like, oh, I love you so yeah. much. And then like <clears throat> that scene right into all of them protecting each other. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. So, so that was one of the biggest questions I had. I'm so glad to hear that because the the only part of it that that struck me a little off was that it it and maybe like because of all the badass armor he had, it's okay. But like. I was surprised that basically in the one-on-one fight, he beat her. Well, like, I had he had her down. Uh, why did the Darksaber not cut through his Beskar armor? So, I mean, I think it shouldn't have cut through anyone's armor. Like, I don't really get why I thought that that was it... the special thing about the Darksaber, that it, was, that it could cut through Beskar. No? Or lightsabers could? No? I, I think the thing about Beskar is that lightsabers can't cut through Beskar. Right. And I thought that... that, the, and that no. You maybe write the desk. I'm going to look this up quickly. Yeah. Hold on. Um, cause yeah, cause it, it felt a little inconsistent in general. Um, okay. Yeah. So, uh, just double checked on this and on Wikipedia, which is one of the best <laughs> sites for this. I, I, I was correct. The, the dark saber cannot cut pure best okay. car. So well, maybe the idea then. is that the, that it wasn't pure best car. He said it was like a best car alloy. So it's like kind of good against it, but not perfect. Mm. But. Uh, and that's why, so like, maybe like his suit was better Beskar than the suit that all those stormtroopers mm-hmm. had. Um, his definitely looks better. Yeah. I I will say this. Here's my only thought with where the Darksaber is going to go. Because I, part of me wished that she, that she had at least, that they were at least even when they come in, rather than him kind of like having, like, seem like he's about to kill her when she gets rescued. Yeah. Although the, it's all of our friends together does it was a great, was such a great mm-hmm. line. But now we have – so the Darksaber has been destroyed, but, you know, these things can always be rebuilt. The last time it was built was by the last person who was a Mandalorian who was also a Jedi. Now, Grogu doesn't want to be a Jedi, but he's a Mandalorian who also uses the Force. Yeah. Sick. Shouldn't he build himself a lightsaber? Yeah. Like I, I, I need to see Grogu eventually have a lightsaber. I th- and I think that would be how the dark saber gets re- rebuilt because it would be a Mandalorian who uses the force. Yeah. Oh, that'd be. Awesome. And I just cannot wait to see him in his little armor. Yep. <laughs> with little armor with a little mm-hmm. dark saber. Get out of my face! He's so cute. It makes me want to die. Yeah, it would be really cute. I, uh, uh, the question that a lot of people have have been going back and forth on. Well, here's the thing. I, I feel like you have to some way break away from the Children of the Watch idea because as cute as it would be to see Grogu in the helmet and then like does the helmet have the ears or what happens there? Yeah. That's a whole question. Oh, yeah. But how in the world would you ever say we're never going to see Grogu's face again because he's always going to well, be Well, he can helmet. be a Bo-Katan like, one. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, he's got it. But like Din has got to be OK with that he himself. Would. He so. Would. You He's going to so? let his so? son okay. make his own choices, just like every parent should. <laughs> I, ooh, that, that's a good point that I 100% support. I think support. he's cool enough with it now that if Grogu wanted to do that, I don't think he would have a problem. Plus, he would want to look at his so. cutesy wootsy little face, too. <laughs> right? I did love seeing that in that sort of ceremony when they relit the forge, that you saw some Mandalorians with their helmets on and some with their helmets off. And it was just such a nice, like, yeah. people are observing in different ways. And th- to me, that's pluralism. That's like, we can all have these different beliefs, but still get along. Yeah. I loved that scene, too. Um, so, mm-hmm. Din Grogu, like, he woke up that water woolly mammoth. Is that thing nice? Do we know? Is that going to be cool with them? It's their, like... so. So I, I, that is the mythosaur. The mythosaur. That's the thing that 
remember that um, Bo saw right. in like episode two and then she told the armor about and all that. So, yeah, I, I think that's supposed to be that with the forge relit, it's now alive and I'm pretty sure we're going to see Bo riding no, it. it. Oh, by my whatever. God, this is so Dune. Get the hell out of my face right? with this. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so oh Dune. Because I mean, remember, we already had Boba Fett riding the, the um oh, God, the Rancor. Yes. So... We're just going to have like, you know, all That's kinds great. of, you know, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love, I love it, it too. And I loved the ending when she got to relight the forge, even though I was pretty sure that that giant ship falling in there and blowing everything up was going to do it. And I was like, oh, your forge is relit. <laughs> that might have helped, too. Yeah, certainly burning jet fuel everywhere. But, so um, what we were supposed to think is that Moth Gideon had been there this entire time or did they move in there? I think that was unclear, but I think that was certainly supposed to be the implication, yes, is that this, I mean, that base had certainly been there for a while. The clones were growing. So I think the, like the last couple seasons, this was supposed to be his home base. Which is crazy that they didn't see him the last time that they were on there making all that noise. Right. Or that like those other people, the other um, night owls, Bo-Katan's people who they met up with had just never run across each other. Anyway, plot hole. (laughs) You know. I'm guessing because you're probably not as deeply into like Star Wars Twitter and all that kind of stuff. You didn't see all the different theories this week about who the other spy was going to be. I heard some people say that they thought it was the armorer and I was so disgusted. Yeah, I'm I'm really glad that they didn't. This is something Paul and I have talked about. I think with all three of us have talked about sometimes that just a lot of shows, they want to make everything cynical and like no one really believes what they say and everyone's got a secret agenda. And there was all this talk of like, oh, because that episode was called The Spies and there must be another spy. And so there's thought that it would be the armor, which I hate. I hated that the most of anything. Oh, but during didn't. the show, Ken convinced me for 15 seconds it was the guy who was riding the plane. He was like, that oh, guy's yeah, I was like, yeah. no, no, he isn't. And then he did. And I was like, look I, what you made me do. You made me think that guy was a jerk. <laughs> I 100% believed it when he was like, everyone else get off the ship. I was like, no, come on. I was on. like, he's giving he's himself up selflessly. And Ken's like, yeah, right. Watch what happens next. I was like, no. <laughs> but they didn't do any of that. The, the night owls who met Bo-Katan there, they weren't like, I just love that. I, I, loved, I was like, no, too. this is just, we're all one big happy team fighting the Empire. That one actor who was one of the night owls, he has popped up in everything that I've been seeing lately. He was in uh, Top Gun. He was, in, oh God, I don't know. He has like the, I, I like looking at his face, if that's a weird thing to say. Yeah. He has such, he seems powerful. I don't know. I just love that guy. <laughs> like being everything. All right. So the actor is Charles Parnell. Yes. And you're right. He was in Top Gun. He's been in a number of things. And he just always looks like he's playing like the gruff second in command yeah. who's going to kick your ass, but also have some words. I would do every push up that that like, guy told me to do. <laughs> <laughs> right. Push-up. Like he, he was one of my favorite part of the Top Gun Maverick movie. You know, he just, and I, I, I would have been so, even though I only knew him for half an episode, he had maybe 13, 10 lines, 20 lines, I would have been so mad if he turned out to be a yes. traitor. Um, because again, it was, and, and this is one of those things that I, I love that it, it f- hits for everybody. For me, as someone who loved the Clone Wars, he's part of the group that she was ahead of in the Clone Wars. Okay. You know, like, not, I don't think that specific character was there, but it was a great throwback to, oh, yeah, remember this part of her history? That's coming together. It was all of these parts of Mandalorian culture coming together. That's cool. So, That's cool. Yeah. And I liked how she was honest with them and, you know, no more, no more mm-hmm. secrets. I'm going to tell you exactly what happened. And she did the right thing. Right. I mean, it was the wrong outcome. But if you're a leader, you, yep. you know, you have to try to protect your people. Yeah. It did again. Again, this is my other nitpick. And it's just a – it just feels weird. Like, let me ask you this. When she mentioned her father and all that a couple episodes ago, that didn't like throw – that didn't send you like, what the heck is going on here, right? No. I'm mm, – mm, tell me what you mean. It, it, well, so if she had just said, yeah, it feels, you know, the last time I, I was really here or, you know, like, you know, I'm ending all of this that was started with my sister. If she just made like an offhand reference to her sister or something like mm-hmm. that, like that's not going to – break it for you no. right it would just be like one more part yeah. of the story it's her sister was such a fundamental part of the clone wars part of the story right. satine and that's the one who obi-wan was in love right. with and like there's all this story there the fact that she still never mentioned it is just for those of us who are fans of that oh, we're just like that she why? hasn't brought up her, well, i don't i could see that as her um carp 
compartmentalize, how do you say it? Compartmentalizing your feelings. Oh, com- compartmentalizing. Yeah. I would say that would be like car. I can't even do it. <laughs> She's like putting her feelings yeah. in little boxes <laughs> Okay. and yeah. dealing with them as they come. <laughs> and I will say the actress, Katie Sackhoff, in an interview said like, yeah, like, I, you know, I, I was thinking about all the stuff that she's thinking about and how she's thinking about how her sister and like really mentioned that. I was like, okay, at least Katie is thinking about that. I wish they name dropped it during the show, but at least it's not been yeah, entirely. That so. is weird that they didn't bring it up. Hmm. Yeah. But it for some reason that Satine and Padme have just not been mentioned in so many situations where you'd think they'd get mentioned. <laughs> yeah, they're like, that's but, some old news. Who are they? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, exactly. So my next question is um if they destroyed, I expected it to be like Snoke's in there for some reason. That might have just been mm. um, dating it a little too early. Um, but if if they destroyed all of the Moth Gideon clones, like I thought this this whole thing is kind of a build up. I feel like it's all build up to Snoke's, right? Like that's where we're right. going. Um, so, tell me. So here's my understanding. And this is based on... What I got from the show, what I've read in some of the books, as well as some of the theories that people I follow are, but I think like half of what I'm about to say is canonical and half of it is is conjecture <laughs> that we're making. Um, but they say during that meeting, and this has been further deepened in the book, is that there's this thing called Project Necromancer, which other people are in charge of, and Hux in particular is in charge of that, and that Gideon and his people are not supposed to be doing the cloning. They're supposed to be you know, keeping the military running. Right. And and so I and this is the part of that tension was that people were like, are you are you doing your own cloning project? Mm-hmm. And I so I think the implication was supposed to be that there's this other part of the Empire group that they're working on Palpatine's plan to bring back Palpatine with Snoke as kind of a, a first step and intermediary. And Gideon's like, F that, I'm doing my own thing. I'm just going to clone myself with some force powers and then knock out all those idiots and like Palpatine can take a walk and I'll take over. <laughs> so I think this is kind of like yeah. part of the idea here is that there's, there's these different factions of the empire because there isn't just one empire now. It, it is these different groups that are, as I said last episode, not as divisive as people think, but they still are like each and like, yeah, Daddy Hawks is probably like if he found out of all this, he'd be like, what the hell are you doing? You know, Moth, yeah. like, this is not what you're supposed Uh-oh. to be doing. Uh, yeah, to me, like, if that army of Force Gideons had been created, one of the first things they're doing is going and finding most of the other people on that council and being like, "Yeah, you're done. And so, I mean, I, Moth Gideon is obviously not a problem anymore, but power, like, powerful-wise, smartness, whatever, comparison, what is he to Thrawn? So, I think... Thrawn, I think, is going to be – well, it's very interesting because there's so much we don't know about. There's basically at this point three different versions of Thrawn. Okay. There's the first version from the first set of books who is, I want the Empire back and I am Imperial and so I'm willing to kill civilians and willing to kill my own people. But I'm not emotional the way Vader was. I'm much more cold and calculating and thoughtful and just uh, – and, and then there's a second – Thrawn, which is the most recent set of books, who is, I don't like the Empire, I don't like the Emperor, I don't want to kill civilians, but there's this, but my own country, my own set of planets is under threat. I need the Empire to be strong so that they can work with me against this other threat. And so therefore, I'm willing to work with the Empire. Okay. And so that's much more of a like morally neutral. Some people want to defend him. A lot of people like myself are like, He's more of a tragic figure, but he's will- but he's willing to work for the Empire, so he's still a fascist. Okay. Um, and then there's the one in Rebels, which is the uh, which is kind of a mix of the two, and is just working for the Empire. And so, where Thrawn's going to fit, I don't think we really know yet. It's going to be some amalgam of yeah. those. But I think I-, I think the main parts of his character is that we've seen even in Rebels so far. He's not emotional. He doesn't hate his enemies the way the Empire and like he often has a lot of respect for them. And he will kill civilians if he has to, but he doesn't want he, – he's the kind of like he wants there to be an honor in warfare. And I think he would look at Moff and be like, when Moff said – when Moff Gideon said, I'll go handle this myself, 
Thrawn's eyes would have rolled so far into the back of his head and been like, that's just dumb strategy. Yeah. That's what Vader would uh, do. Okay. Don't be dumb. Okay, okay. Cool. I get that. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. Do- yeah. I'm I'm really excited for that. I think that's going to be really interesting to see where that goes with the Ahsoka show. And um, yeah, there's just, there's just there's so many great threads now. And I... I remember during Book of Boba Fett, we were like, is this Boba's show? Is this Mando's Listen, show? I do not this care show? that this was the Bo-Katan show. <laughs> I right? do not care. I, I just kind of wanted to... Uh, I, I've talked about how like there's the Batman show, and then there was the Superman show, and then there was just the Justice League show. I want there to just be like 10 years after Return of the Jedi, the, the show, show. you know, and like Everybody's popping yeah, so in. Right? Get some Ming-Na... Oh my Ming-Na God. Wang. How much do you... That's not right. Oh, uh, what's her... Name Wen. That's the actress. Oh. <laughs> no, no, the actress is Ming Na Wen, but what's the character's name? Uh, Fennec. Boba's Fennec. How much do you want Fennec to see Shen. Fennec Shand, the armorer, and Bo Katan hang out? So much. Oh my gosh. So right? much. So much. Like, and Ahsoka. Throw them all in there. <laughs> yeah. Like, get them all in and there. And so Bo Katan like, and Ahsoka, are they buds? Um, yeah. So, uh, yes. At. Big spoilers for the last season of Clone Wars. If you haven't seen it yet, jump ahead. I don't know what you're doing with your <laughs> life. Um, but big spoilers. The final plot line of that is that Maul has taken over um, uh, Mandalore. Darth, formerly known as Darth Maul, now just Spider Maul. And right. And Bo Katan goes to Obi Wan and Anakin, who she's been very hostile towards, and says, Look, I know I've always said the Jedi have no place in Mandalore. I hate doing this, but I need your help. I need you to come help me take back Mandalore. And they're kind of iffy about it, but they say, okay, maybe. And Ahsoka had left the Jedi by then, but they're like, why doesn't she come along with us? We'll see what we can all do. And then as they're going to Mandalore, Obi-Wan and Anakin get a message that says, Grievous has just kidnapped Palpatine. You've got to come back right now. Get out of here. Yeah, and so all of that happens at the same time. Wow, that that's such good third story writing. Happening. Did Dave Filoni do the Rebels and Clone Wars? Yeah. Oh my god! And it's it's so good, and it's so you see that Ahsoka is off fighting this war against Maul, and Ahsoka and Bo-Katan work together to liberate Mandalore from from Maul. But that's where Sabine and or Satine gets killed. Uh, no, Satine got killed many seasons oh, earlier. Okay. Um, the, the Maul fighting over Mandalore, mostly as a way of twisting Obi-Wan's tail, is just this long, ongoing wow. thing. And it's – but yeah, but so part of that is that – so Ahsoka and Bogatan really bond over okay. that. Which is also like when, when when Grogu like rescues them all and, and prevents all oh, the fire. Oh, so cool. Um, it was, it was such beautiful. And, and there was a little bit of me that was like, Bogatan's not going to be like, huh. Second time a force user helped me liberate I my planet. I think that's what her face said um, all. Because she looked around and then she yeah. looked at Grogu. She knew. But the, the point being, so not only does she have that bond with Ahsoka, but that's why Ahsoka wasn't there to help save Anakin falling to the dark side. Yeah. And Ahsoka has always felt this incredible guilt because of wow. it. And I think that's going to be... I have heard rumors that Hayden Christian... Is uh is it Christian or Hayden Christensen? Christensen? Christensen, thank you. That he is going to be a part of the Ahsoka show, and I I think it's going to flashbacks. be force. Uh, it might be flashbacks. I think what it'll probably be is Force Ghost. Oh, because he's dead. That's right. Helping Ahsoka through her. I guilt would love because there's a scene in Rebels that's just amazing of her confronting Vader. And having to come to terms with the fact that it's her, it, it just—I cannot wait to talk to you about Ahsoka because it's just going to be so yeah. good. There's always going to be so much good stuff on that. So I'm yeah. excited. Um, yeah. So any other questions you had? Or no, I think that was all my questions. Um, I'm just, yeah, uh-huh. I, I couldn't have been more happy with the season. You know, haters going to hate. Get over yourselves. This was an amazing season. Um, yep. Bo-Katan Kreese is my new favorite Star Wars character. I'm very happy. <laughs> very happy. She's amazing. She's Move amazing. over, Obi-Wan. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah. oh, still haven't watched Obi-Wan flirt with Ventress. But okay. There's, there's That's just, the ball. I, I have one. to very ca- yeah. yeah. Have to very carefully curate the animated stuff you watch and be like, you know, just only if you one at a time, one at a time. If you episodes only. to watch, I'll watch them. Because I actually watched yeah. the episode I think you're talking about where, uh, 
Ahsoka went against Vader. Tell me, all I remember from the episode is his mask breaking and him yes. looking at her with the yeah. eye and his skin was like gray green. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they uh, it was James Earl Jones's voice and Matt Latner, who's the voice, the voice of Anakin. On the show. Animated okay. Anakin on the show, yeah. And so they got the two voices speaking cool. together. That's so cool. At, hey, Filoni. At, it's and and she ha- if you've seen it already, I'm not spoiling it. She has this what is probably my favorite line in all of Star Wars, is because again she'd been kicked out of the Jedi. She's going her own way. Uh, she is like you know I I really believe that that I can save Anakin and Vader. Anakin says you know no I killed Anakin and does these evil things. And she says well if then if I cannot rescue Anakin, I will avenge yeah. him. And Vader says vengeance is not the Jedi way. And she says, I am no I Jedi. I am no woman. And charges in. Sorry. <laughs> and it, yeah, it, yeah it, it's 100% a call out to that. And it's, oh, it's so good. I love it. It's I so love good. it. So, I can't wait. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to have you back to talk about all that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm really excited for it. We're, I'm gonna Maybe I'll put together some of those episodes and we'll do like a review of them as part of like a Ahsoka sure. primer. So, That'll be yeah, fun. We're going to have a lot of fun with that. So cool 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 all right well thank you so much as always um for folks who don't know you or want to hear more of you where can they find you uh you can find me at the stranded panda network uh i have my own horror show bill and ashley's terror theater we are currently finishing up our coverage of the evil dead series um we have army of darkness is just up this week we have a review of the 2013 and the ash vs. evil dead tv show coming out and then the review of the new movie uh, with lots of other stuff coming out there. And then you can always find me over at the MCU cast where we're talking all things Marvel, the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. So, yep, mm-hmm. just, you know, look me up. I'm famous. Yeah, I'm, no. <laughs> I'm excited for it. You, know, you really are. I mean, it is, uh, you know, I'm so glad I've been able to get you on as a host. I know I love listening to you on those other shows. I'm not a horror fan, but I've become a horror fan because of the oh. great stuff you and Bill talk about. Love it so much. And of course, all these podcasts you can find by going to theethicalpanda.com. I'm so bad with with feedback. We've been getting some great stuff. I want to do a feedback episode, but we got one comment by um, KT, who's in the Stranded Panda group. I cannot remember your last name, and I cannot find your comment at the moment. I'm terribly sorry. But she basically said that uh, as an adoptee, she really felt the power of that moment of Dan adopting Grogu. And I just, I, that's not an experience I have, obviously. And so I just I, – I, I hadn't even thought about how that would hit. And I, I really love that that you, you mentioned that because I, I – it's what I love about the story is that they keep hitting these moments that are like, you know, I don't have lightsabers. I don't have jetpacks or best car weapons. But like, yeah, we all have these experiences that are being mirrored in these universes and, and that's just great story. Uh, I think it's KT Elizabeth Abraham. That's yes. it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's great, great members for Anna Panda. Thank you so much for writing, writing in. Uh, and also, Jenny Huang, uh, you wrote in a beautiful email. I'm going to read it on our next episode. But thank you so much for being a fan. Thank you, everybody. We've gotten a number of other great <laughs> comments. Uh, and of course, I love the feedback, love the thoughts. You can find all that at theethicalpanda.com. Um, write into us. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you, would you love that season. Would you not love about the season? What are you excited for coming up? Uh, we'll have a little bit of bonus content for the patrons in just a moment. But for everybody else, thank you so much. We have spoken. <laughs> Mandalorians are stronger together. Hillary Clinton. Yeah. They- <laughs> <laughs> I'd hope for that. <laughs> All right. Welcome back. Um, to our patrons, uh, this is not going to be Star Wars, but it's going to be uh, within our same geeky universe. Uh, we're a couple weeks out from the next Marvel Cinematic Universe movie coming out, and we have a lot more of that stuff. You know, Secret Wars is going to be coming out. We're building up some other stuff, and we're once again getting the same old, you know, oh, I don't like where the MCU is going. There's not enough structure, blah, 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 blah. I am – and I wanted to give you, Ashley, a chance because this is something I know you've been very vocal of and, and, and talking about. Just kind of give – not even like positive or negative, but just your thoughts on where is the MC right now? Where where do you see like what's been happening in this uh, phase and, and where you see it going and what you're mm. excited about? I'm I'm still, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid. I think that every yeah. everything has a plan and we have to remember how long the first plan took. Like it doesn't matter how much content you're putting out at the same – like at once – even though back then mm-hmm. we were putting out maybe two movies a year and it took us 10 years to get to where we needed to be, it's still going to take some time for us to get where we need to be. And they're building a much bigger world and people 
are so content hungry that they're not waiting to see where it's going. And, uh, you know, it can go one of two ways. It can go to somewhere that doesn't make any sense. And the glory days of Marvel is over or it's going to go to somewhere that's going to lead us to the (laughs) X-Men. We could just start over. Yeah. So I don't I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm still pretty confident. I'm in it. I still trust everybody who's in charge. I don't care who they fire. I feel like if they're doing that kind of stuff, it's for the best of the company because I still believe that Kevin Feige is doing what's best. I hope the studios mm-hmm. kind of, you know, stay out of it for as much as they can. Um, but I, I think that there's so much, it's important for them to have as much content as they do now so that they can bring everybody into the fold so that when we do have another Avengers movie, you're going to have like people who like Kamala Khan and you're going to have the Moon Knight people and all these new people that you brought yeah. on. Uh, with all of these new characters that they see themselves in. And it's very important. Yeah. I think it's a great way of putting it. And, you know, I, I think there is really something to the idea of us being spoiled with content now and, and like the forgetting what it was like as these things were coming out, you know, and I like, I love the MCU. I love the MCU cast and all you guys talk about with it. I've never been as dedicated as some others were. And I'll be the first to admit there are some of the MCU movies, especially some of them in the early phases, I didn't really like very yeah, much. Yeah, we just did our Incredible I, Hulk review and people were like, wow, you guys were... I'm like, yeah, see, we could do negative reviews. That movie was not yeah. good. <laughs> like, I, I know here I'm in disagreement with a lot of people. I don't like Captain America, the first Avenger. Right. And frankly, if it wasn't for... I, I did a whole six months of a podcast doing minute-by-minute analysis of Thor, and I think I... That helped me enjoy that movie a lot more. But frankly, it's the Avengers that made me – like I watched both of those movies after the Avengers movie had come out. I think if I'd seen them beforehand, I probably wouldn't have liked them very much. Oh, that's really interesting. Hmm. And I I think that because I think it's that once I got to see them in that larger structure, I was like, oh, now I want to go back and learn more about this. And I think for some people, they're going to want to keep watching every step of the way. That's awesome. Myself, I'm a little bit off the train. I still haven't seen Quantumania. I don't know when I'm going to see Guardians. I'm just not as hyped for hmm. them. But I think the idea that that means that the MCU was ruined or bad is just ridiculous. Yeah. Some people are going to love every step. Some people, maybe that the next movie is going to make me be like, oh, that was awesome. I now want to go back and see more, more Ant-Man stuff. I'll go, what? I, I don't think anything's going to make me want to see more Peter Quill because I just don't like the <laughs> character. But yeah, who knows? Who knows? I, I found myself caring about Captain America in the first Avenger because of the Avengers movie. Mm. And I, I think that's kind of what you're saying as well about we need to have it, – it's not even have faith in a like Marvel can do no wrong. But it's a – each of these things is part of a larger puzzle. And so you might like the thing on its own or you might not and that's okay. Yeah. But don't fully judge it until you've seen that full, full larger yeah, puzzle. Yeah, and, and even if it's not for you, it doesn't have to be – not like – it can be for someone else and the next thing can be for you. And in the end, when those two right. characters, the one in the show that's for you and the one that's not come together on the big screen to fight, say it Kang, it's not going to matter because yeah. it's all going to be great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I was thinking about this before when you were saying about how much you're like, eh, the drama, whatever. I want all the great choreography. You know, I remember like we we're talking about Andor. Like, I, I think a lot of people are like, why isn't season three of Andor more? Uh, why isn't season three of Mando more like Andor? And like, I like what you're saying, like, a, it, to me, that's like it's 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 like the richest chocolate or spiciest food. Like I loved it. I can't have that every. I can't have and or no, every day. It gets too taxing. I, like you start to you know go into it being like, oh, I know this is going to be so heavy. Right. Like sometimes you just want some fun pew, fluff pew, pew, and pew. and <laughs> yeah. And I think I think Mando when it started was the heaviest thing we'd ever gotten from Star yeah. Wars, except maybe The Last Jedi. And and even then, like, you know, just the darkness, the grittiness of it. But it still was fun. fun. It was in a, heist in a way that and I, gunslingers. I love Mando. I love Andor. Andor was never that, no. you know? And it and, wasn't supposed it, to be. No, it wasn't. And and I think the same, the same thing with the MCU. You know, we mm-hmm. can have all these different things that are going to Yeah, happen. like, I'm not running to go rewatch, uh, you know, What If?, you know, it's, yeah. it's not all for everybody, but the things that are going to matter are what's going to come to a point at the end. And I still believe in Marvel having a point 
and going somewhere, no matter the twists and turns, like they're going to figure it out if they're not putting things out or they're putting things on hold, you know, instead of creating all these fake fantasy stories about fights on set or this. No, they knew that what they saw wasn't the quality that we should be seeing as consumers and they're going to keep working on it and take your time. I don't care. Make it work. There's two things I have to say that one is, yeah, I, I want to stop, stop telling me about projects that are three years away and stop telling me the date. You know, I would much rather Surprise don't me. tell me anything. Yeah, wait till I want to see a trailer and be like, oh, that's the movie you're making. Because mm-hmm. like, in, I think we did this a little bit with Avengers, but definitely with DC and definitely with Star Wars. There's so many movies and TV shows that have been announced and then canceled. Exactly. Yeah. Before a single frame of film ever yep. been shot. And it's like, we don't, I don't, I don't need your three year timeline. Just be like, we're yeah. doing the multiverse saga. Ah, you know, and then you get to exactly. guess what's happening. And yeah, I don't know. And then they change everything yeah. around and we saw the problems that even the beginning of phase four dealt with because of that, because of COVID and them having to change plots to shows yeah. like what Falcon COVID and Winter Soldier. Had to I mean, things, and I think people some of those- might forget that, that that whole storyline had to get changed because it was about a disease. And they were like, oh, we can't yeah. do it. And they swapped um, WandaVision and Falcon Motor Soldier slots and Loki slots. Like everything got changed around. And, you know, Chadwick Boseman passing away yes. and all these things have happened. And then who uh, knows where we're going Jonathan now Majors. with that? Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, I think that he's probably going to have to be recast. Like, there's just – and so, yeah, I, I I like long-term planning, but I always think some of the best things – like, to me, great leadership is when, okay, you make a plan, but is your plan now flexible enough that you can adjust, yeah. you know? And that's what we're going to mm-hmm. see. The, the, other, the other thing I was going to see is actually I think – Without even realizing it, what I was saying about kind of Captain America and and that approach to to this, that's exactly what we were just talking about with you and Star Wars. Because I think in the same way that like the Captain America movie is not for me, but I can enjoy it when I know it's for the Avengers. Animated shows are not for right. you, but like I've, when you see Ahsoka and all this, now you can go back and be like, okay, these episodes of the animation, yeah, I'm gonna roll, you're going to roll your I eyes. Saw them. Yeah, you're going to roll your eyes in the animation. You can still enjoy <laughs> yeah. it, so. She looks like a awesome, twelve-year-old awesome. girl in that. Is she supposed to be twelve in the Clone Wars? Basically, Jesus yeah. Christ! <laughs> yeah, it's uh, and and the fact that she's just wearing that little tube little top tube. is something that has been <gasps> that, that uh, George Lucas wanted it and uh, Dave Filoni did not, and that has been a subject of quite a good deal of discussion. Hey, and, she um, looks hot. <laughs> Yeah. If I had a body like that, the things that I would be wearing all the time. Just, I, she's like in 12. She's 12. You have my ass at 12, walking out a hot oh, that's topic. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea that Ahsoka shops at Hot Topic. That's now that's now our headcanon. So, okay. Love it. Anyway, thank you as always, Ashley. This has been fantastic. I, I, I know you often say, eh. I'm just so glad you're part of this co- coverage. I'm really looking forward to having you for forward coverage because it ju- is such a great perspective. I I love everything you've brought to this and uh, to our audience. I hope you've appreciated it just as much. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for being a part of this and have a great Bye. day. Bye.